You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. On the last episode, I talked about some vampires from Eastern Europe, and to follow that one up, I'm going to talk about more vampires on this one. This time, vampires from West Africa. These vampire folklores originate from the Iwe, Akan, Ashanti, and Dahomey people from the area of Africa which now comprises of Côte d'Ivoire, Ghana, Togo, and Benin. And I'll be talking about the Ads, the Asambosum, and the Obaifo, otherwise known as the Asiman. So, as usual, I'll start this episode with a story before talking about these folklore figures in more depth. This one is about the ads, so here's this episode's five-minute folklore. Long ago, in the part of the world now known as Togo, on the continent of Africa, a family slept in their home. It was a warm, calm night, and a tiny firefly was buzzing around the village. It came to the family's home and slipped inside the keyhole of the front door. It flew around the house, searching for the youngest child. It was in a frenzy of hunger. When it found the young boy, it landed gently on his thumb as he slept and bit into it, feasting ravenously on his blood. The boy did not wake, but elsewhere in the house, the firefly could hear movement and decided to flee before draining the child completely, as intended. It flew back out the front door. The boy's father had awoken for a drink and decided to check on the children while he was up. When he saw his young son, he was alarmed at his appearance. He did not look well. Son, Cressy, wake up. The child opened his eyes but was extremely frail and could not muster enough energy to move or speak. He ran to his wife. Quessy is ill. I need to get him to a doctor, now. 
You stay here with Kissy. He scooped up his son and left in a hurry. When he returned a while later, he told his wife, The doctor said that Kwesi is very sick, and he's also lost a lot of blood, but we're not sure how. The young boy was brought back home, but did not leave his bed. He grew sicker as the days passed. The boy's grandmother visited, and after seeing him, she told his father, The doctor might not know what's wrong with him, but I do, and Ads has got to him. You can't be serious. Ads is not real. It's a children's story. Ads did this, and it will be back for Kisi. She's still very young herself. I will set a trap. The grandmother returned that evening and set up a cage in the young daughter's room. Inside the cage, she placed small bowls of coconut milk and palm oil. Don't be scared, Kisi. We're going to catch a monster tonight. That night, the firefly did return and, as before, flew in through the keyhole. The house was silent and though the boy was younger and so full of sweeter blood, the firefly targeted the daughter as she was not sick. Upon entering her room, the firefly saw two bowls of its favourite snacks other than blood, coconut milk and palm oil. It decided to sample a bit of each before moving on to the main course. As soon as it landed on one of the bowls, a door slammed behind it. It was in a cage. Then a net dropped over the cage. No escape. I've got it! The grandmother called out. The mother and father rushed in. It's it's just a firefly, the father said. And as he did, the firefly started to grow and transform. It took on a more human shape. Its skin was jet black. Its back was hunched over. And large talons grew from the ends of its fingers. It's angry now, the grandmother proclaimed. If it gets out, it will go straight for our livers. Let it out, the father ordered. What? The grandmother was shocked. I said let it out. The daughter jumped up and opened the cage door. The creature lunged straight forward toward the father. But he was ready for it and raised a large axe with both hands and struck the adze directly in the head. (laughs) He had killed it and saved his daughter. Sadly, it was too late for his son, Kwesi whose incurable sickness got worse, and he soon passed. The story spread around the village, and those that believed it began to fill in any gaps in their front doors for fears of a visit from ads. I hope you enjoyed that story. As there was no definitive ad story, I put that one together based on various pieces of information and folklore surrounding the ads. 
I've got some more information on the ads now before moving on to some other West African vampires. Ad's folklores originate from the Iwe people around what is now South Togo and Southwest Ghana. It takes the form of an insect, most commonly a firefly, or in some versions a small ball of light, and will fly through gaps, cracks, holes or keyholes in the front door of homes in order to feast on the blood of those sleeping within. It will suck the blood from the thumb of its target. These victims will then get sick and eventually die. It particularly seeks out the blood of children, the younger the better, and despite its size, has the potential to completely drain the blood from a child. If the ads can't get blood, it may also resort to drinking coconut milk or palm oil. But the more blood-starved the creature is, the more likely it is to pass disease, and may even attack in a frenzy in its more human form, killing the victim, drinking their blood and eating their heart and liver. It will also transform into its more human shape if it's caught in a trap, which is the only way to stop it, as it's the only time it's vulnerable, as an insect is indestructible, and there is no way to defend against it. The more human-formed adds is hunchbacked, possesses sharp talons, and has jet-black skin. When transformed in this way, it can be killed in any regular way that a human can. When human, the ads also has the ability to possess others. Those possessed become abasum, which is an Iwe word for a kind of witch. A sign that someone has been possessed can be quite subtle, such as they act more envious, or those around them become generally more negative. There are those who may willingly want to become possessed by an ads, as they believe it will grant them sorcery powers, such as the ability to shapeshift. There is a potential link, or what I consider quite a clear link, from ad stories of a flying insect sucking your blood and making you ill to the real-life dangers of mosquitoes and malaria. I'm now going to talk about the Asambosum, otherwise known as the Asasabonsum, or what is often a winged variant, the Sasabonsum. These vampires, or ogres as they're sometimes referred to as, originate in Akan and Ashanti folklore, from what is now South Ghana, Côte d'Ivoire and Togo. They have many varying descriptions. Some versions describe them as having iron teeth, pink skin, long red hair and iron hooks for feet. Others say they are incredibly hairy, have bloodshot eyes, and long legs with feet that point both ways. 
Some versions even say that they have a snake for a tail. Either way, they live up in trees, where they can move very fast, swinging between them, and they attack from above. They may use their hooked feet to hang from branches and drop down in front of victims to attack, or dangle their long legs down and entangle unwary hunters in them before pulling them up. The hooks on their feet are used to jab into their victim's neck, where they can drain their blood through them. They will also eat the flesh. They share some common vulnerabilities with other vampires, such as a weakness to sunlight and religious iconography. The final African vampire I'm going to talk about is the Obiifo, from Ashanti folklore, or as it is sometimes known by the Dahomey people of what is now Benin, the Asiman. Sometimes described as a witch, this race of creature is considered very common and has the ability to inhabit the body of any regular person. The only noticeable trait is having shifty eyes, so it can be extremely hard to identify one. The only person who can successfully do so is an Okomfo, a type of holy priest who can also protect against their spells. The Okomfo is also responsible for drowning or executing those accused of being an Obiifo or Akiman. Now the strangest fact about the Obiifo or Asiman is also said that when travelling at night, they emit a phosphorescent light from their armpits and anus. There are two ideas for the origin to the name, one being that it simply means sorcerer, and it can use sorcery to call on the aid of spirits. The other is that it means child snatcher, and like the ads, it will prioritise feeding on children, draining their blood and delivering a very slow and painful death. It prefers blood that is sweet and not bitter, but blood isn't the only thing it consumes. It is considered extremely gluttonous and is obsessed by food especially meat. It will also suck on the sap and vital juices of crops, preferably cacao, causing blight. It may leave the body it's inhabiting, possibly even by removing its skin, and travel as a ball of blue light. And aside from humans, it can also enter the body of an animal and attack. There are two common beliefs on how you can become an Obiifo or Asiman. You were either born as one, or you accidentally consume human flesh or blood. coming to the end of this episode now so as usual thanks to rick dove and rebecca chapman for voices and general help 
I'll be moving on from vampires on the next episode, even though there are many, many more vampire folklores out there. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do so via email at 5minutefolklore at gmail.com or through the website 5minutefolklore.com where you can also find ways to support the podcast as well as links to the various social media accounts. You can also find me personally on Twitter at at Bob Shoy, that's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. And you can support my time editing and researching my various podcasts on patreon.com slash bobshoy. And finally, you can also buy bonus 5-Minute Folklore Extra episodes at bobshoy.bandcamp.com. And there are ones on there about gargoyles, kelpies, and John Henry, which were all really fun to do. Music on this episode under the main story was a section of the soundtrack to the video game Resident Evil 5. And there was also lots of great African music on this episode. In order, there was some traditional Iwe drumming from Ghana, followed by some Akan drumming performed by the Pan-African Orchestra. Next was some traditional Ashanti drums, and then finally some music from Dahomey. As I've said before, 5 Minute Folklore will be retiring this year, sadly, but there are still a couple of episodes left which I hope you will enjoy. Now, to play us out is some more Iwe music. This is Akpalu Hawo, Adelawo. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 